Welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast with me, Kaylee Boisvert. I specialize in helping people to achieve their financial goals. I have a love for all things numbers, and I am passionate about financial literacy. My goal is to spark healthy and positive conversations around wealth and investment and create a world where nobody is limited by their financial situation. But wealth is just one piece in the equation of living our best lives. So join me as we explore both wealth and wellness topics. From your net worth to your self-worth, get ready to take confident action. Hello, this is Kaylee, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Wealth and Wellness Podcast. Today, I'm very grateful and excited to be joined by special guest Karen Judge. Karen is on a mission to simplify the conversations and outcomes surrounding mental health through proactive, proactive wellness solutions. As a mind health researcher and educator, Karen has spent many years studying the brain, mind, body, and the science of happiness. As the founder of A Dose of Happiness and the author of the upcoming book, Drive Your Happiness, Karen Karen's mission is to connect people to experiences, education, products, and services that lead to a healthy and happy mind. Thank you so much for joining today, Karen. I'm so grateful to have you here. Um, Can you just start off by just sharing a little bit more about your journey and what brought you to where you are today with the work you do? Oh, yeah. I just, first of all, I just want to say thank you. Uh, Happy to be here. I'm always happy to chat happiness. Um, uh, my journey, well, it's, it's, you got seven hours because <laughs> that's about what it takes to really tell the journey, but uh, to just kind of condense it into a quick form. Um, I, um, I, uh, I grew up in a home uh, where, um, you know, from the outside, everything looked like we had the ideal life. Uh, I had a really successful father um, three kids, um, you know, we had all our resources made, our mat, food, clothing, shelter, everything. Uh, we had all the check boxes, but uh, we, had, we had a secret in our house. And that was that uh, my mom struggled in and out of depressed episodes throughout my whole childhood. And in fact, I had many family members. Um, mental illness really uh, has been something in my family. Uh, I know why now. I didn't at the time, but I understand why now. Um, and so I grew up surrounded by that. And then it wasn't until my later teens when my mom had the episodes of all episodes and uh, she ended up actually going catatonic. And that is really what can happen with depression if it's compounded over time and it goes untreated, undiagnosed properly. And uh, so she landed in the hospital and uh, we had, we actually, um, the doctors were so baffled that she struggled the way she did. It just didn't make sense to them because her environment was, there was no reason for this. And we actually had doctors that came from across the country to study our family because they were just, they just, they, they had no answers and they tried several treatments. Uh, it breaks my heart now because some of those treatments were horrific, like shock treatments and nothing was successful. And basically, um, we were told that there was nothing they could do and that my mom should live the rest of her life out in a, in a facility or an institution. And my dad being the man he is very loving, kind man was like that. My, my wife's not going there. 
And uh, he told us kids, we're going to bring her home and we're going to do the best we can. And so that's what we did. We brought her home. And uh, my mom did not leave the bedroom for 20 years. I mean, think about that. I, I grew up with that. And so it became the normal in our life. But even when I tell people that I'm like, really, she was 20 years. And it really was like, she did not leave the house other than she did leave it um, once. And that was for my wedding. And uh, which is really a big part of what I do because she had been in the bedroom for five years and then she was able to um, become greater than her illness for one day for my wedding. And you would have never known that she was ill at my wedding. She was able to just um, function throughout the whole day like anybody else. And, um, and then the next day she returned back to the bedroom and never came out again. And so that was a big turning point for me to realize that it is possible to become greater than the illness and make no mistake, it is an illness. I'm not minimizing it that it's just a snap out of it. It truly is an illness. Um, but that it showed me that there is a power within us that we become become greater than that. And that's really what I do to this day is I teach people to ignite that power and to claim that so that you can become greater than it. So really, you know, and then, well, then I, then um, my mom was ill and my dad ended up becoming quite ill and he ended up in long-term care. Um, my sister who was never married, um, never had children, was diagnosed with breast cancer in her early forties. I was her, her, basically her everything and her caregiver. Um, and uh, so for about 10 years was sort of really managing a lot of chaos in my family. I, I was in crisis myself, crisis mode. Um, I managed to stay healthy through all that time, um, but it was definitely really challenging time. My sister within a very short months of each other, and I had grief to deal with, lawsuits, uh, uh, estates to settle, uh, a business that was failing because I was just not able to give it the attention. I'm trying to raise a, a child. Like I was just, I was overwhelmed and I had, I had every checkbox there was to, to, um, possibly have my own mental health challenge. Um, and really, we, we don't really realize the health of our mind until we hit crisis. And I was hitting crisis. But I had enough awareness to know that I did not want to ever end up like my mother. And it was a moment in time, and actually, it was just shortly after I held my hand, sister's hand as she passed away, where I made a deal with myself, that I decided that no matter what happened the next day, the sun was going to come up with or without my sister with or without me. And I had a choice to either come up with it, or pull the covers over my head like my mom did. And I signed a contract with myself at that time and said, I'm going to come up with the sun tomorrow. And I don't know what this looks like. And I know it's going to be a hard road. But we're going to figure this out. And and again, I, when I lost my sister, it was, a, you know, a, I a part of me died with her. I mean, she was my absolute best friend. And it's again, a time where I really started to look at my own life. When we're in crisis, we kind of do an audit. It's no different than what we're going through with COVID right now. Um, you know, I say COVID is like true serum and you get more of what you really already have. And I think there's a time right now where everybody's going inward and you're sort of questioning everything about your life. Right. And that's where when we do the audit. We don't really pay attention when we're kind of cruising through life. And uh, so losing my sister really got me thinking, was I living my biggest life? If this was me tomorrow, if I'm going to go into uh, palliative care and be told I have a week to live, am I showing up for my best self? And I just felt like I had a bigger calling. 
And that's when I really decided that I really wanted to live in the space of mental health. It really mattered to me to make change. And so that's when I started studying neuroscience, positive psychology, um, human development. I took a lot of mental health training. I spent the first five years really thinking that I was going to live somewhere in the mental health world and some organization where I was going to impact change. Um, but all I ended up with was with a lump on the side of my head. Um, and what I learned is that um, our healthcare system is under-resourced, understaffed, underfunded. Um, it's a system-based. Um, it's and, and a lot of organizations, again, are in the same situation. And I just, I couldn't find that place where I felt like I could make change. And so that's when I decided that um, I was gonna create a new system and it's all gonna be about proactive wellness. So basically my mission is to put mental health out of business. And I know that uh, people would be really glad if I did that. And I know that sounds like a really big um, um, undertaking, but that's basically it. I, I, wanna, I wanna teach people the skills and give them the tools so that they don't ever experience a breakdown because I know what that looks like. I know what, what that experience is like. And I don't want anyone to go through that. And we all need to pay more attention to the health of our mind because none of us is immune from this. Uh, statistics show that every single one of us will be touched by a mental health challenge within our lifetime, whether it's with a, a loved one, a coworker, a friend, or our own self. You know, it might not show up until you're aging and you feel all alone and you feel irrelevant, um, but nobody's immune to this. So I just think it's time we really find this or figure out a way to have this conversation um, and to engage people, to make it a little more hopeful and bright uh, and make it fun and make it part of our, our daily habits. So that's, that's, that's my, it's kind of what sparked it to start is my own story. And, and even though I, I mean, I, 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 I do what I do because I spent so many years studying this and I say, I know a little about a lot and I do, I know enough to be dangerous in a good way. Um, I'm not a doctor. I don't treat. I don't diagnose. Again, I don't want to live in that space. I want to prevent people from ever going to that space. And so uh, I'm, I'm an example of what I teach. Everything I teach is who I am and it's worked for me. Um, I, like I said, I've, I, I, I really would need seven hours to really tell you my full story. Um, but there's no reason I should not have experienced a mental health challenge. And I did it just because of what I, the skills that I've now developed and the tools. And I spent a lot of money to learn this and it took me a lot of time. And now I just want to fast track others. And I feel a responsibility to share this with others. So that's my whole, my whole mission. <laughs> yeah. The, and thank you so and much you for so much. sharing that story. Um, what really resonates is like what you said there about how everyone is impacted, whether it's us directly or through someone we've known or a family member, there's so much truth to that. So this topic is so relevant for all of us. It touches all of our lives and for you to share that, be vulnerable, but then even go one step past that and say, because I saw this and learned this, I want to do something about it. So that's amazing that, you know, there's people like you out there trying to make a change, succeeding at making this change, taking these steps. So I love hearing that and that hopeful and, and, you know, there's, there's hope at the end of this as well. Um, so thank you for, yeah, sharing that, being very vulnerable with us. Cause I think people can relate if, I mean, their story might not be the same degree of what you went through, but 
similar stories. Can you talk a little bit then about that, like that proactive and, and the prevention that you're really striving to? Cause I think that's so important. Um, and I love hearing that too, because if there is those tools or ability for us to be proactive and prevent this, then yes, by all means, you know, let's do that. What do we need to do that? Um, like, how do you yeah. see that playing out or what needs to happen? Yeah. Well, first of all, I totally think the whole mental health world needs a total makeover. <laughs> we need all new languaging under, around it and understanding. Like, it's just, we're, it's a, it is the pandemic of the world and it's, it's not going away. It's only going to get worse because as the world is speeding up, people's happiness levels are going down. And, and happiness is the oldest pursuit of man. Yet you just have to look at the stats surrounding mental health to realize that many people are far from happy. So what is the answer? And a lot of times, uh, you know, when I say, you know, I always am very interested first to have someone define how they define happiness, because that's really subjective. Um, and, um, and what do they think about when they think about the term mental health? Um, because if you really look at look up mental health, it's all about well-being. But that's not really what it is when we think about it. And when we even say mental wellness, and what that really is, is it's taking somebody from not being well and getting them back to well. So it's more about recovery and treatment. And a lot of times mental health to me is just about keeping people alive. It's not about helping them to thrive. And so I believe on the proactive side, that's where the difference is. It's about helping people to thrive. And, and if, you, if you're thriving, it's almost impossible for mental illness to, to attach to it, right? Because you've got a different energy. It's different the way your whole brain's functioning, the whole brain-body connection. And so to me, it's, it's, it's not looking at people and diagnosing and treating them and, and, and labeling them and making them feel like there's something wrong and they're broken. Let's figure out what's right with them and what's working and let's shine a bright light on that. Um, so, so we talk about my, my upcoming book and, and just kind of a couple, a couple of points, if I can just share on that, uh, my book being called Drive Your Happiness. Um, I think proactive is, as I say to people, what would you rather do? Would you rather take your car in? So, so imagine you're a vehicle, right? So let, would you rather take your vehicle in and have it regularly tuned up? Or if the warning lights go on on the dashboard, um, pay attention to that and, and take it in and have it checked out of what that means before the car breaks down. Or would you prefer to just ignore the warning signs, just keep driving your vehicle and driving your vehicle until it eventually breaks down and you're stranded on the side of the road? Well, I know which one I would rather do. And when it comes to mental health, most people are doing the second thing. They're driving themselves, their vehicle themselves around and around until they have a breakdown and they're stranded. And that is just not a good answer. I mean, it can take a lifetime to get it fixed. Um, it's, it can be expensive. It can be feel very lonely and isolating. And there's just, it's, it's not what I want. I want you to have the tune up so your vehicle never actually breaks down. Another um, part that I talk about in the book is about, it's all, my whole book is about empowering you, for you to empower and to realize how powerful you are. And this is why I live outside of the healthcare because the new science is proving the whole brain body connection and how powerful we really, really are. And, and I go back to Maya Angelou's quote, when you know better, you do better. And I think it just comes down to, we don't know. We're not teaching people about their brain, mind, body connection. We don't teach it in schools. We don't make it part of our workplace culture. We're not practicing in the home, sharing it through communities, doing it for own self. But actually even after through my book, people are gonna go, well, this is just so easy. 
And it is, but as easy as it is to do, it's also easy not to do. And most of us are not doing it. So uh, thus the reason we're struggling so much with our mental health, we just don't know. And anxiety is high when knowledge is low. So it's about starting to empower people through knowledge and letting them realize, oh my goodness, I can do that. Like that can actually calm this down. I can actually figure out how to deal with a past trauma. I can actually understand the root cause of my anxiety instead of just feeling so afraid and, and isolated. And, and I'm just, I think we're living in the most interesting times because the knowledge is out there. Um, but it's not a time of just knowing. We need to now know what to do. And that's really about what my work is. Let's know, let's take action. This, uh, to me, we've talked and we've talked. We're, we've done tons of talking about mental health. Let's talk about mental health. We've talked about it. We've talked about it. We need to now start taking action and do something. And what is that actually doing? And I think prevention and proactive wellness, again, like brushing your teeth um, and, and having a shower every day, our fitness, it's not something you just do on mental health day once, once a year and say, well, we did something on mental health day. Oh, so you're going to take the whole year. So you just brushed your teeth on one day and you're not going to brush your teeth for the rest of the year. Like this needs to be every single day. And, and how do we do that? And that's what I want to create. I want to create that system where it's part of our, like every, every single day actions. Um, and so some of them being, um, you know, priming yourself every morning. These are some of the things that I say. We should be priming ourselves every single morning to set ourselves up for a successful day. But instead, a lot of us just jump out of bed, we grab our phones and instantly we go back to our problems and play out our day and we rush around and we just go into our subconscious programming. We have no consciousness whatsoever. Um, we're energy is already leaving our body instead of injecting positive energy. And, and, and thus our day, our day begins and we repeat and we repeat and we repeat. Well, that compounds, right? But instead of taking the routine and, 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 and the mornings, like priming yourself each morning, what does that look like? Um, practicing something like gratitude. I mean, gratitude is the, probably the best thing you can do for the health of your brain. And, and I don't have enough time to, to explain that. You know, everybody can Google it. Um, learning to calm the fight or flight response. So, you know, our primitive brain way back when, yeah, we are programmed to deal with stress and our fight, our, the fight or flight uh, response. Um, but we weren't um, uh, programmed to deal with it the way we do now. When we go back to, to, to way back where you were hunting the saber-toothed tiger to feed your community, you would go out maybe for 10 minutes and you were either killed or you were the killer. And so um, you had to, you know, all your blood would leave everywhere and would go into your, you know, arms and legs so that you had that force. And, and so we're designed for that. And then you would get the saber-toothed tiger and you'd spend the rest of the day in your community around your people. That's why we need connection. And you wouldn't be in fight or flight. You would be in joy. And, uh, but now today, um, we don't hunt saber-toothed tigers. Instead, our finances, our relationships, our jobs, all these things are the saber-toothed tiger. And the average human is living in the fight or flight response 70% of the time. Think about that. No wonder mental health is on the rise. Um, that's not great. Our brain shuts down when we're in, in stress. So our brain just shrivels up. It's not creative. It's not innovative. It's not productive. Um, it's not serving us. And so we need to learn how to calm that fight or flight response down. Um, and then subconscious programming. You know, we, we, the, the min, minute we're born, we start developing the subconscious programming of something we hear our parents say or grandparents say. And by the time we're 35 years old, we're, we're a set of um, um, habits 
in us. And we don't even understand why we might have be having that anxiety attack. It's just because it's programmed in us that we don't believe we're enough or we don't believe we're lovable or whatever it is that shows up for us. And most of us, again, are functioning 95% of the day in our subconscious programming and 5% in conscious. Well, no wonder your body's taking over your mind. And so your body's going, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you an anxiety attack because you're not going to like this. And you don't even know what's happening. You're just like, I don't get it. I just keep having these anxiety attacks. Um, so, you know, it's really about being more aware of that. Um, I believe every single day you should, you should schedule a personal happy hour. And that does not mean you have to drink, although I do not judge. <laughs> um, personal happy hour where you get into flow, you lose yourself. I really believe in the power of creativity, um, music, art, anything that just gets you to like lose track of time that you just enjoy doing. Maybe it's in nature. Maybe it is meditation. Maybe it's yoga. There's no right or wrong answer. It's whatever your answer is. But we need to schedule that in our daily routine. Um, power phrase is a big thing I talk about in my book. Um, carrying around a little in case of emergency kit all the time. And in there, um, I say, you've got to have those power phrases. So in that moment where, you know, your boss gets mad at you or your relationship, someone you care about isn't making you feel very loved or you feel rejected or you feel scared or whatever, your, your brain can't have a negative and a positive thought at the same time. So, and we're not wired for happiness. Our brain is not wired for happiness. Our brain is wired for survival. So if we want to be happy, then we have to do the work. And our brain is always scanning for danger. That's why we love those um, magazines, those, those um, you know, magazines at the grocery store. That's why we love reality shows because our brain, that's why we love to go on the news because our brain's like, ooh, danger, I need to survive. Like, oh, negative, I have to focus on this, right? Um, we've got to really do the work to, to, to really change our brain. And that's why I'm so huge on gratitude because practicing gratitude, if you're in a negative thought and you're in fight or flight or you're in fear, the best thing you could do is stop and do a gratitude right there. It's the quickest way to change the direction of the brain and, and you know, um, uh, just to benefit from that. Uh, exercise every day. I mean, they're saying now uh, walking 45 minutes like you're late is, is, has more impact on the brain than the strongest antidepressant. Again, I'm not a doctor. I'm just telling you the research that I've heard out there and sharing that. I empower people to decide what that is. But hello, I know what I would rather do. Um, food for mood. I mean, what we eat is our brain processes most of our calories through the day. Like our brain hates sugar. Our, our, we're eating stuff that is not good for our mind. It's, it's all part of it, our gut health. You know, they're saying that we now have three brains, our heart, our, our mind, our, our, our gut. Like they all work together. And, you know, some of the research out there is that people who have been struggling with mental health challenges just through diet alone are having huge success. I mean, these are things that we could be doing. Um, and another thing, we've just got to get back to play and start having more fun. I mean, we're just so serious everywhere. I, you, you go out in the world and it's just like, it's you, no matter where you turn, there's something to worry about. And, and we, we just, we, we get too serious. It's just, it's about getting back to that inner child and start having fun. I mean, think about it when a child is chasing a butterfly or having fun, they're so in the moment and they're so enjoying then we become adults and we lose that sort of, you know, it's all our responsibilities and, you know, well, that's so silly and whatever. We got to get back to play and start having more fun in our life. Um, so those are really some, you know, kind of proactive and, 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 you know, just, I talk in the book about how your vehicle, um, your vehicle, 
Sorry, I lost my mic. <laughs> You're a vehicle. Okay. You're the vehicle. You get to be whatever kind of vehicle you are. Of course, I'm a convertible because, you know, I, I just love my convertibles. Um, and uh, um, um, your, your vehicle is makes up all different parts. Um, I think of my work like the oil that runs through your vehicle. It just keeps all the parts moving and working together. But you are, the power is you. You are the key to your vehicle. And without you, that vehicle's going nowhere. So you hold the power and we're so powerful. And that's really, you know, empowerment to me, to other people to realize what they can do and how their body really works and how they can use that. Um, I think that's where it's going to be a game changer and people are more confident and they, they understand self more uh, connection to self. You are the most important relationship you will develop in this, this, this lifetime is with yourself. And I'm not talking about ego. I'm not talking about thinking you're all that. And I'm not talking about accomplishments and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your connection, really understanding why you are the way you are. Why are you programmed the way you're programmed? And like I said, I mean, um, my, I go back to my mom now of why she suffered. And I so understand why she suffered because she never believed that she was lovable and she was enough. It's obviously some unresolved trauma that she had from way back from a childhood that just compounded and compounded and compounded and, and, and made her feel so stuck in life. And she didn't have to live that way. And she disconnected from self to a point where, you know, she woke up one day and looked in the mirror and really didn't know who was looking back. And that was the start of her, her illness. And that doesn't have to happen. I mean, if you really, you know, knowing, finding your purpose in life, this is the biggest thing. And we're hearing that a lot. And it, it, it gets me so excited because that's really what we're all here to do is gain wisdom and find a purpose in life. Um, I know we're humans and, you know, we're still the joy and pleasure. There's nothing wrong with that, but Sometimes we, we just get caught up in those, we're getting caught up in what maybe doesn't really matter. And it's about finding that being in service to other, getting outside of yourself, what being greater than you, um, but, but, but really knowing you and knowing who you are, where you're going, um, how you're getting there and where you came from. Why am I programmed this way? And uh, I even look at my mom. I mean, um, you know, she was, she, and I understand her, you know, her whole family, but if you, she, her family came from the Ukraine. And if you look back at the Ukraine and the history, small country, very poor. And you were, you, it was like, you were either two things, you were either the killer or you were killed. And so you, I really believe in um, uh, uh, inherited family trauma is a, it, it was a big game changer for me. And, and I'm not going to talk about it here. I talk about it in my book. It was the turning moment for me where I could understand how all my ancestors would have suffered and how that would have been passed on from generation to generation and how my mom's illness was really about her grieving the loss of past generations um, just was an eye opener. It really brought more compassion for me, to, for her, because I didn't always have that. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I mean, there were a lot of times I'd look at her and I'd be like, I need you like snap out of this. Like what's wrong with you. And now I just, I wish she could have a do over because I, I understand that there are answers and of why she was the way she was and that there's hope for change, but unfortunately she's not. So my gift is maybe if I can just help one other person not struggle, then, then my work is, is for purpose. 
Um, yeah. So, and you know, sorry, I was going to say, yeah. well, you, I mean, I think you're going to help a lot of other people. Cause I can tell you're just so passionate. There's so many great strategies you're giving here. And it's those, are those things that people can find in your book as well then? Cause I think you mentioned to me, yes. your book is sort of unique and you've designed it to be a quick read. Is that some of what people can expect from your book? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. My, so called drive your happiness. Um, cause again, you know, I'd call it drive your sadness, but I don't think anyone would buy that. And I know people no. <laughs> are like, I know I'm known as the happy lady and everywhere I go, it's happy, happy, happy. And people are like, Oh gosh, here she comes again. But you know, I always say, um, you know, if I called it sadness, no one would pay attention. And, and just to, to be clear, uh, happiness is not the absence of sadness. Happiness is knowing what to do with your sadness. So of course I use that book um, just because happiness is the oldest pursuit of man, but it is more about mind wellness. And I've used the metaphor of driving a car because our brain uh, remembers things with metaphors. Uh, it's a super easy read on purpose, like elementary written. Um, it's about an hour read. It's really more of a workbook than anything else. Um, and I just take you through and, and, and cha hopefully change the language a bit around mental health. So instead of maybe saying, you know, I'm depressed, you might say, I have a traffic jam in my head right now. Or instead of saying I've got pajama syndrome, and I can't get out of bed, maybe you're going to say, you know, I'm off duty, or I'm under construction right now, and just kind of create a way for people to sort of have a, you know, easier way. Um, but the whole, can I just say, yeah, um, um, the whole purpose of the book is to empower people. Um, no two people are the same. This is the, where we struggle with mental health, because if you have uh, something wrong with your heart, they figured out the heart so they can fix your heart. They do the same surgery over and over again. There's no one size fits all when it comes to the brain and the mind. So it's about us creating our own roadmap to this and learning about ourselves, And that's what this book will do. And, and it's for everybody, whether you're struggling, whether you're not struggling, there's a gift in it. Maybe you're going to read this book and you're just going to understand more how to raise healthy children or how to age better, or how to support people at work, um, or how to just um, elevate your own wellness doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. A matter of fact, that's not what the book is for. But even if somebody was struggling, I believe that maybe they're going to find that aha moment in there where they actually go, Oh, there is hope. That's what I hope. And they go, Okay, I I'm going to start to pay more attention. And I'm going to try to take some different actions and see if they work. So, um, so yeah, so just really um, just and trying to make it fun and and really simple, just really trying to simple simplify the conversation of of mental health into proactive wellness and start changing the conversation a bit. Yeah, and I like how you talked about, though, too, that it's it's work and it's something we have to commit to and not just that one time a year or like you mentioned there or, you know, when something's coming up, it's just if we can take these steps every day and you gave so many good examples of things that we can try in our own lives that if we can do that though and commit to doing it every day the the effect of that the compounding of that what that can look like for us is just I think it's huge and it can set us up for success when those things in life come at us because we there's so much out of our control but if we have you know the tools and we're ready um, or have done some of that work then when that happens maybe we're we're able to you know, just deal with it or get through it better. Well, yeah. And I like to move people. I say, so we start off in the unconscious incompetence, which I believe that's where 70% of the people are. And that means they just don't even know what they don't know. They don't realize. 
And so it's like getting them to realize the awareness piece, then getting them to sign their contract, then starting to build the skills and tools, then getting them to master those skills and tools. And then it becomes not the unconscious incompetence, it becomes the unconscious competence. So you start doing things and you don't even realize you're doing them. Uh, an example would be, how many times have you actually gotten in a car and you went somewhere and you're like, gosh, I don't even remember really driving. Like, like I'm like, how did I get here? Because your mind was somewhere else. Well, that's because you've got the unconscious competence to drive your car. And it's the same thing with mental wellness. Like you've got the skills now that you were just driving out of habit. And so this is what I'm saying. If we could get people to this, I can tell you, we would, we would start to diminish the stats around mental health. And it seems really clear and simple to me. Um, but yet again, like I said, I, I sometimes have a big lump again uh, on the side of my head and just got to keep going and, and keep believing. But uh, it's been a long journey. But I do, I, I do really believe that now is the time and the place. People have really woken up. I think COVID has really um, has challenged everybody mentally in some way. And so I think that there's an awakening. And so, you know, awareness or the willingness is the first step. And now it's not about having to really know what to do. It's just about saying yes to yourself and now educating yourself. And I hope that that's what I can provide to people. And, and like I said, to fast track them. I've, I've a lot of years of research and, and, and to, to really breaking this down in a way that I just want to make it feel simple, simple and hopeful and fun, as I said, and fun. Fun. Yes. Cause fun makes it all easier. I love that. Can you chat a little bit about like, it does. Um, I, of course, like the whole wealth and wellness connection. Is there anything you could comment on when it comes to the connection between like happiness and or, or well-being and, and money and wealth? Absolutely, Ken. What you are doing, by the way, you play a really important role in this world. Um, financial stress is probably one of the number one causes of mental health challenges for depression, anxiety. Um, and it's also one of the number one causes for suicide. Um, so there's absolutely a connection to mental wellness and financial, um, well, not wealth, I'm going to say financial um, understanding, maybe or um, free to I don't even know what word I'm trying to use for that. But the two are connected. And you know, I, I, I've often said, you know, does bunny money buy happiness? I used to say that to my dad, you know, does money buy a happiness? And my dad would say no, but it sure makes it easy looking for it. And he'd laugh. He was a funny guy. And he would chuckle. Um, but really, uh, when you look at even uh, money, and relating it, um, even if you want to relate it more to happiness, I mean, uh, studies are showing that after a certain amount of money, household income, happiness levels start to go down. Because we start to we start to uh, push our happiness over the horizon because we, we, we always want more. We get that bonus at work. We want the next bonus. We get that car. We want the other car. We get a house. We want another house. Like we're always at more, more, more kind of mentality. Um, and when we do that, we push our happiness over the horizon. We never are satisfied. Um, so there's definitely a connection there of the relationship. I think that's what I want to go back. Your relationship with money totally um, uh, relates to your mental wellness for sure. Actually, when, when I, my whole program is what I do is I say, I look at whole person. So I look at your mental in this order, mental, emotional, physical, intellectual, relational, environmental, purposeful self. 
So I actually have an assessment that someone can take. And through this assessment, I can actually find the warning sites signs. So let's say those lights coming on your dashboard of where you need to pay attention. And, um, 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 and then um, through this, you can design your own roadmap to um, health and happiness. Um, so um, yeah, I just, and, and for that finances is, is one of the biggest ones in there for sure. Um, so, and, and I put that one, I kind of put finances in sort of the relational area slash environmental as well. Um, but yeah, it's huge. It's huge, huge connection. And so with what you were saying with like the assessment, or I guess kind of just in the sake of time, we have to get wrapping up soon, but can you chat a little bit about some of like your programs and what you're up to? Cause I know you have a space that you're working with. And so maybe sharing a little bit about that with listeners. Yes, yes, absolutely. So um, I um, am got a, um, um, a space that I'm launching a pilot project right now. I'm opening up the space calling, I'm calling it a few things, kind of the happiness experience center is where, where I'm really going, leaning towards. And what my whole business is, my business getadosahappiness.com is my website. Someone can go there and learn more. But my, my company right now is a dose of happiness. And I am creating a platform for uh, proactive mind health and the science of happiness. And what I'm doing is I offer experiences, education, products, and services, all that connect to the wellness of the mind or the science of happiness or spark joy. Um, and so just creating this place for people to come to elevate their, their, their mind health. Um, very much about proactive, all the products we sell either connect to wellness or connect to sparking joy um, experiences, because that's what it's all about is, is energy and having the experiences. We offer all different experiences and everything we offer, we relate to the wellness of the mind. So, and then education, you know, we can do an educational uh, session on, on money, on gut health, on all different, all different areas and everything again connects. Um, and then services, and we have different services that we offer, and and it's it's a very collaborative. So I actually have a, um, a a part of my company. I've got the Mind Health and Happiness Research Lab, and I work with some of the absolute smartest people that I have ever met. Like super uber 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 smart, and we meet on a regular basis, and they make me super uber uber. Well, so I think they make me super smart because if I can understand what they're saying, then I say, oh, I must be smart too. And they feed me with the latest information. And then I take that information and I transfer it into the products and services and experiences that we offer. So everything is, you know, uh, evidence-based, scientific, um, and we transfer it into something that's creative and fun. We say, you know, my whole business, I say we're art meets science. So, you know, I just, I want to make this fun. I want to engage people. I just don't, you know, let's, let's face it. I've been to some mental health conferences and I say, if you're not depressed going in, you're certainly going to be depressed coming out. Like they're just so there's no energy and it's just so feels so hopeless or it just is just, there's, you know, I don't want that. I want people to come in and just go, oh my gosh, this was so amazing. I need more of this. Meanwhile, they, they, they just elevated the wellness of their mind. So really creating a business around this, we're really excited about this, this pilot project. Um, again, you know, we want proof of concept and we'll see where we go. I've, I've got a big vision. 
I've got like a 20 year business plan. A lot of people always say to me, oh, so are you retired? And I'm like, well, I either look really rich or I look really old and I better look really rich. Better be that one. Um, I'm, I just feel like I'm coming into my power. I really do. I feel like, um, you know, I am the woman I am today because of the darkness and pain of my past. And I believe now that I am taking what I've learned to serve others. And, you know, with all, all the learning and all the knowledge that I've given, and trust me, I don't say I know it all, because I believe if you think you know it all, you're in the wrong room. Um, we're, we're so far away from really understanding the brain. Um, I've become a total brain geek. And I am just so excited to take this journey and to just play this role in this world to, to light people up and become a, come, become a brain geek with me and creating a business around it that's going to make that, that happen. And, and, you know, we wear happy t-shirts and happy leggings and I don't know, we have fun. We dance to music. We, we just, we become kids and play. It's very playful, but it's very purposeful and very meaningful and very transformational and impactful too. It's, it's, I don't want people to think that all my, my playfulness to, to not see the intelligence behind it too. And what, what's really, what's really behind it. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So we'll all put the, in the show notes, some of the links to your website and all that. So people can find out more, but like you said, it's a pilot project or your space right now, but I can see it, you know, spreading and going to more locations. Cause it sounds like you said, it sounds fun. It sounds like something we absolutely need. So I love it. And I love your passion and um, you're such a, a gift, Karen, with what you've gone through and what you're bringing to other people from what you've gone through. I think that's so, it's, it's so huge because your passion and, and your own experience and, and it, it just shines through with everything you're talking about and what you do. So thank you so much for being on this, um, this podcast. And I do really appreciate your time. I hope you found value in this episode and because I'm such a proponent of taking confident action, I want to pose a question to you, the listener. What is one action that you feel inspired to take after listening to today's episode? If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thank you so much and I'll catch you next time.